The year is 1938, Los Angeles, <laughs> California. And we have Cliff Secord, known as the Rocketeer. Friends with Howard Hughes and many other people. And also, we have a cast of characters that are going to delight you. This is Movie Theater Time Machine, and today we cover the Rocketeer. Yeah. And this, the Rocketeer. This, this was definitely a fun one. Yeah, it just... There's so much to this. I mean, why don't we go around the table here? Here. Oh, I'm Joss. I'm Dan. I'm Kenneth. I'm Nick. <laughs> and that was weird. <laughs> that was, I was not prepared. <laughs> like, I just thought, you know, sometime you should go first. It's to me, too. You know, it's it's to me. Now, I've seen The Rocketeer. I saw this in theaters. I forgot all about this. Okay, what's really funny yeah. is I didn't see this movie until maybe about six years ago for the first time. Yeah. Though I knew about it, I never saw it. Dan was actually the one who was mm. like, you've never seen The Rocketeer, you need to watch it. And yeah. usually that's my line to him. Yeah. So it was really funny when he forced me to watch this, this movie. This is one of the very few movies that I've seen that she had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is funny considering how many airplanes are in this movie. Right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, considering your past and everything, right? you know, it's like... I, my history of this, like, I saw this with my grandparents, and it was one of the few, you know, I always had great experiences with them, you know, when they're at the, at the movie theaters, there's always a giant bucket of popcorn, a whole bunch of candy, get the kid a sugar crush, and we'd sleep later. Yeah. You know, so that was just the plan for it, and... Being that my grandparents had some means, you know, they also kind of tossed any toy that they could possibly get. And I had a rubber rocketeer doll. And I remember this thing, and it was like, okay, this is cool. And my grandfather's like, hey, you like the Rocketeer movie we saw that one time movie? You know, like. Remember that one time we tossed a ball around? <laughs> yeah, we tossed a football around that one. We tossed a football around that one time. <laughs> you were going to the Super Bowl? That's a deep cut. The Rocketeer stars Billy Campbell, Jennifer Conley, Alan Arkin, Timothy Dalton. Terry O'Quinn, Ed Lauder, James Handy, Paul Servino, John Polito, William Sanderson, Margot Martin, uh, Martindale, uh, Clint Howard. Oh. Really? Where was he? Because I thought I saw yeah. someone that looked vaguely... Yeah. Maybe one of the gangsters or something? I, I just, I uh, Clint Howard is... Just don't let him sell you ice cream. Yeah. Have an <laughs> As Mark, and, apparently. Yeah. Whoever Mark is, hi. And, and one of my... <laughs> One of the more interesting ones, we have uh, Tiny Ron Taylor as Lothar. Tiny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of them. Uh, yeah. It's one of them names. Tiny Ron, uh, <laughs> Tiny Ron Taylor was a former basketball player before the NBA got pretty big. Um, really retired shortly before, uh, before <laughs> retired shortly, uh, right around when Michael Jordan was coming up around the 80s. Had a whole bunch of different things. I have read into quite a bit of this movie, folks. That's mm-hmm. why I'm into this one. Um, he was credited, uh, he was actually one of the, one of his first roles he ever did was in Police Squad series with Leslie Nielsen where he played oh, yeah. the cop called Al. And Al, if you ever seen Police Squad, was the uh, was the policeman that walked in and was always cut off from the shoulders up. 
Okay. I so, vaguely yeah. remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it was always a joke out there, like, you know, how's the weather up there, Al? You really gonna make that joke again? Yes. yes. Again? Seven You're doing this again? Tall. Yeah. And uh, he was an Ace Ventura pet detective. Yep. Uh, a couple episodes of Star Trek Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hey, so, Dick yeah. Warlock was in this. Yeah. <laughs> the world's best man. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the, the makeup job done on Tiny Ron Taylor was actually inspired by an actor called Rondo Hatton at the time, who was really super big at the time the movie takes place. Uh, he was a silent actor known for having kind of a semi-grotesque appearances, which is known as the acromegalic feature, um, where somebody who just seems like they're a little bit too <coughs> big for their body and they just keep going. Mm. He appeared uh, most notably in the RKO production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame and in the Sherlock movies, in the ninth Sherlock film in particular, The Pearl, the, the Pearl of Death. And was known as the Hoxton Creeper, or a.k.a. the Hoxton Horror. Several others that he had at the time, but that's basically where um, Tiny, <laughs> Tiny's appearance came from. Uh, but Whenever the ra- I saw him, in, saw him in this movie, I kept, I kept thinking of, uh, one, are you a Dick Tracy villain? Yep. Two, um, I used to, years ago, I used to... Look at know your mean every day in yeah. the morning, and there were suddenly a bunch of these lazy town memes about this character Robbie Rotten that had this weird prosthetic chin thing going yeah. on, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. see, he's like human Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> your brain went there, and my brain went to like this is an episode of the Venture Brothers. That's oh. where my my that's you know my what brain. yeah Baron Unterbite yeah yeah like, I I. I, I yeah. see yours too. I mean, I remember I got this, and like a quickie story on my side is about the rubber rocketeer toy that I had. Mm-hmm. I've told this on the show before. My grandfather's and my grandmother had a trucking company, and they ran trailers for KB Toys. Mm-hmm. Anything that quote fell off the truck or mm-hmm. couldn't sell, we got it discounted, and, and we pretty much got it. it and like I said, my dad used to work for KB yeah. Toys, so yeah. I had the same thing yeah. happen. And <laughs> we had some rocketeer toys, and they really tried to push. The this towards really trying to sell toys, but it really didn't do so hot because the Rocketeer is based on an 80s short-lived um, comic book series that really didn't really do so hot, but Disney brought it up and it really, really, really feels like they're trying to do their own version of Iron Man in a, a different bit. era. That's, that's, a little bit. I said the same thing. Yeah. Um, I basically said he's essentially Iron Man without the outside armor. Um, yeah, he's just Iron Man with a helmet. Well, taking it a little further, it's Iron Man in a different era. Yeah. yeah. It's Iron Man mixed with Captain America. Is, yeah. Is essentially Which it. makes sense, because the director of this movie went, went on, on to, to direct, direct Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. The first, the first Avenger. The first yeah. Avenger. So, yeah. I mean, it fits. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still, to me, this one, like... There's, it's, don't don't get me wrong, good pick, you know, (laughs) good pick, and I mean, for me and my 38-year-old brain trying to go back and, you know, watching this and remembering times when I was six years old, I'm like, okay, this feels really, really good. (laughs) Yep. 
But, you know, where I'm critiquing it as a, you know, as someone who's done nearly 300 movie reviews on the internet now. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, okay, it's, as, a, as a cinematic kind of thing, it's not amazing. It's kind of paint-by-numbers. Yeah. If you get yeah. down to it, we have... We have much better comic uh, comic book oh, Lord, style yes. stuff now. Oh yeah! But for its time, it really wasn't bad. No, 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 no. I mean, it's really you know. Now I was going to open up originally with you know doing a version of Inglorious Bastards of Tenor Aldo Rain speech. <laughs> but, you know, hey, one thing and one, one thing, thing only: killing Nazis, inconveniencing Nazis any way I can. In- <laughs> <laughs> Not letting the Nazis have this thing that I found. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They should have had more nitrate exploding. It's like I found this thing, and in in the thing, I'm gonna put it on. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's like Cliff. It'll burn your ass off. No, it won't. This is a Disney movie. We're fine. Right. right. And. I mean, haven't you really, I mean, I don't know about either of you, but I, I've had fantasies in the past of trying to find a jetpack. <gasps> oh my god, I, was, and, I wanted and, to find yeah. a GIF, is it GIF, so bad of, remember in The Adventures of Pete and Pete, when little Pete get orders what he thinks is a rocket pack, and then it turned from a comic turned book, up, yeah. and then it gets a leaf blower, and there's this bad green screen effect of it turned of him where trying to fly with a leaf blower and falling. <laughs> and he and just makes good on it too. The entirety of Pete and Pete uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete is on YouTube. Nice. It's worth checking out if you look up the rockets here. Like uh, that. RT. Yeah. Strongest man in the world. Oh, uh, like, even that's funny. Even the episode where Artie fights a bowling ball. Oh yeah. <laughs> just for Bye. reasons. See, I've, I've, and loses. I remember. Partly through it. <laughs> I remember very little of that show yeah. except its existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was it Petunia? Mm-hmm. Is uh, Little Pete's tattoo? Yeah. He can make dance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I we watched and the, the mom entire, has a metal plate in her head. Yeah, we yep. watched the entirety of the series about a was it about a year ago roughly. I don't know. We, yeah. we had the the first two seasons on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. T- yeah. Time is weird in uh, in the yeah. plague times. Yeah, we sat and watched I think it was right around the plague time really was the thick of it where I watched the entirety of it and honestly got it holds up. It's really <laughs> it's really good. It it it's worth checking out. Um but this movie here, I mean, you know, a Disney product, there's a lot of things that are really, really interesting. Um filming was in 1990 and a yep. little bit of 1991. Yep. Uh, really good lighting effects. Um, there was a budget for a TV series that was based on a film yep. uh, that did not pan out uh, where Campbell wanted to come back and reproduce his role. Uh, there was a sequel that was supposed to be coming out here. However, a budget of $35 million and it made $46 million worldwide. Yep. So um, it was kind of a it was not kind a, of a flop. It, di- yeah. it didn't. It wasn't a complete bust, yeah. but it didn't do what it, it didn't Hollywood do what they wants want. it to do. Well, okay, it came out on, during the same week. If I read this correctly, with uh, a few blockbusters, yeah. honestly, um, yeah, it came out with well, what else? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Which has City, its own issues, but... <laughs> but, yeah. but that movie made a shit ton of money. Right. Um, City Slickers and Dying Young. Yeah. Okay? Right. And, uh, yeah. It wasn't going to do well that, during that Yeah, time. so it had UHF. Yeah. Good luck, you know. 
Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was not going to. I mean, yes, it's a Disney film. It's but Disney live action, I believe, at that point wasn't doing as hot as their Disney uh, animated. animated films. Right. Disney was really well known for their animated stuff at that point. Now, now Disney puts out gold, so it doesn't matter. But at that point, it, I still believe at that point Disney was really more well known for their animated stuff. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. And this is right where the Disney slump happened before the Renaissance mm-hmm. came about. So no matter what they yeah, would do, the fact that they made their money back pretty much made them happy. Because yeah. yeah, the the animated yeah. Renaissance really started right after this, or like it was this was just Shortly starting. Because yeah. wasn't Little Mermaid was like eighty nine? Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. like I think it was Little Mermaid that kicked off the new Renaissance. Yeah. Uh, essentially, because Aladdin yeah. came out in ninety two. Yeah. So. It was right yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. So it's still yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So kind of like they were right in it. Yeah. So, man, this movie, 1938, Los Angeles, California. Of course. Gangsters from Eddie Valentine's gang steal a prototype rocket pack from the aviation magnate Howard Hughes. Because God knows there's no other name in aviation than Howard Hughes. Right. <laughs> well, it's not going to be a name that anyone but, like, actual aviation enthusiasts are going to know. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the last names, uh, you know, the Lindenberg, for example, you, you hear that name and you kind of cringe a little. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Lindenberg would have been on the on the wrong side of this. Yeah. Right. Now. Well, the, I'm thinking baby. Yeah. Uh huh. And yeah. Charles Lindbergh was also Lindbergh. a fascist, and yeah, I know. he was a fascist, and he was pro-Nazi. I yeah. know. So he would have been on the wrong yeah. side of this. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said everybody cringes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the gangsters escape. They get on to escape from pursuing police. The getaway driver hides the rocket pack in an airfield, in a very, very, very unfortunate. I mean, the whole scene where they're. Flying around, and he's in this very, very claustrophobic little plane. Oh, now, this, I, thought, plane. I thought this was like a like one of those kind of wild designs that you yeah. see sometimes that never the quite GB made it to plane, yeah. never quite made it production. But no, no this no, no, one this did. This little squat ass plane that's shorter than my than my hybrid outside. Yeah. I'm like, how in the hell does this thing even fly? But apparently, it did, and it was super maneuverable. But like so maneuverable that you could slam yourself into the into the ground if you sneezed wrong. If you actually look and pay attention as the pilot is actually flying the plane, like when it's when it's driving, yeah, the person who's actually driving that plane to get it into position to take off, kind of, kind of, I don't want to say loses control because that's not true, but. The plane kind of weaves back and forth as it's trying to get into position, uh, because it's, it's not a the, very easily maneuverable plane when it's on the ground. Yeah, what I've seen is it's it's finicky. Like on yeah. the ground and in the air, it is it is a finicky aircraft. It can reach incredible speeds yeah. for its for its time, but it is real argumentative. And it was the uh, the B, uh, the first of the Super Sportster aircraft which was built by the Granville Brothers of Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, the uh, winning the Thompson Trophy in 31 over it soon suffered fatal crashes breaking the world record speed of uh, an attempted reputation as basically known as the killer plane. 
So the plane that it was based on here. So the first flight was August 22nd, 1931. The last flight was December 5th, 1931. <laughs> it was bad. And it was still the, that the actual plane that it was built on there. But it's still, I like when... When they're when he's flying around, and then you know where the uh, the, the the gangsters shoot the shoot the gasoline. Yep. And you know where you know the reason they're not. It's a plane. Fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm just like, why are they shooting at the plane? Yeah. They just like he's like shoot 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 the cops shoot the FBI shoot the FBI. Oh, there's a plane. Let me shoot the plane. Then go back to the you FBI. Don't know because you don't know if the if the if if the police had an attack plane or something. It's a big fucking yellow plane. He was freaking out. If you were hanging out the back of one of these cars, like t- trying to Tommy gun a bunch of a bunch of FBI agents, you'd be a little on edge too. <laughs> Either way, he hits the tr- hits the plane a couple of times, and uh, bad things start to happen. Yeah, yeah. They go. Oh, this is great. This is gonna go ahead and you know relaunch your career. Everything is fine. Fuck. Yeah. Everything was great, and then you know, the, but the scene where. Uh, Billy Campbell is punching the punching the window out just to see, and yep. then the oil goes into space. Ah, yeah, no. And Valentine's getting hired by the Neville Sinclairs to steal the flying device, and now uh, sends his henchman Luther to ask questions to the injured driver and try to get the pack's location before and, Luther kills him. And he ends up folding the driver clean in half. Yeah. Because he's what, like, Luthor yeah. is one of those... <sighs> he, he's the Hulk, essentially. Yeah. He's he like is, 1930s yeah. the Hulk. And he just, <laughs> like, picks up the guy's like, all right, fine, crunch, snaps yeah. him clean in half. You couldn't say any better myself. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know, <laughs> which, which will anger Eddie Valentine later, because we, we see that, that Eddie and uh, Neville do not have a great business relationship between each other. They, stri- they obviously do not like each other, and they're only working together because money. Yeah. So everything Neville ends up doing is just kind of like ticking boxes in Valentine's head, just like, all right, fuck this guy. Fuck the, okay, fuck this guy even harder. And then later on, we we learned something. It's just like, all right, that's it. I'm yeah. done with you. <laughs> which, was, which was probably my favorite scene in its entirety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's we my have, favorite yeah, scene. Yeah, movie. yeah. We have, it's a straight-up uh, almost Joker moment. Because yeah. that actually happened in the in the Batman comics at one point. Well, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was an amalgam thing when Marvel and DC crossed yeah. over. Yeah. And Joker was working with the Red Skull. And when he found out the Red Skull was legitimately actually a Nazi and it wasn't some kind of like put upon yeah. gag, yeah. Joker turned on Red Skull and worked with, with <laughs> Batman and whoever else to, to bring the Red Skull in. He's like, I may be, you know, I may be a psychotic murdering scumbag, but I'm an American psychotic <laughs> murdering <Yeah>. scumbag. <laughs> I don't work with Nazis. I have standards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I... <laughs> I hate Nazis. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I hate because the, you're a decent Because I'm a decent human being, and Wait, I mean, it's still, it's, it, it, the history's all there, folks. Yeah. Right. There was it's, an entire war about it. Everybody yeah. showed up. Yeah, everybody showed up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody was there. They're, Nazis yeah. are the bad guys. It's yeah. always okay to punch are Nazis, Are we the kids. baddies? <laughs> are we the baddies? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, as but, much as I like Skull and Crossbones, just the, the, the design of it, it's like the Nazis made it look real bad for a while. Yeah, true. 
Well, see, pirates, it was actually kind of cool, and then the Nazis kind of co-opted it for all of their shit, just like, guys, come on! Although, you know, pirates did bad things, yeah. too, but not that bad, I don't think. No. Well, they, they didn't try to wipe out an entire yeah, entire yeah. race of people. Yeah. So Cliff's girlfriend is the inspiring actress Jenny Blake, who... who uh, in the comics, yeah. was actually named Betty Page. Yeah. But Ooh. Betty Page would not allow her name to be used in this movie. I mean, it is, uh, yeah, it is also right here. Yeah, she is she modeled after Betty Page. At the time, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Betty Page is no longer alive at the time of recording this. Well, yeah, uh, I thought she, I don't know, probably died long ago. Yeah. She has the uh, small part in a latest Sinclair film, and recent events are now driving a wedge in their relationship. It's a great line. One line where she gets to work with Sinclair directly. Not quite. <laughs> Sinclair overhears and the, the oh yeah the beautiful scene where he goes to visit her on set. I freaking love this. <laughs> he's just looking around, looking around, and just and knocks because, a set over. Because he's a giant goob, he just knocks an entire wall down yeah. on top of Neville. Yeah. And at this point, um, we've seen that Jenny. they're on like take twenty-eight yeah. of this uh, big crazy like set yeah. piece of a thing. Because of this one girl. Because this one girl cannot get her line or can't get her accent straight. No, it's like, because she can't act. Because she's, she's nepotism. The yeah. second time she did better. Yeah. But it's just like it's nepotism. She can't act. Her accent isn't right for the time. It just it just isn't working out. And it reminded me a lot sucks. of um, um, singing in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. The whole just like oh god she she was meant for silent pictures. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right here. So, I mean, with the, there's a rip in the relationship, but the, I'm sorry, I can't live laughing with the the Billy Campbell's look where the thing goes down. I'm looking for Jenny. I'm looking Jenny. for Jenny. Yeah. And like the, the producer just like, Jen, who the fuck is Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's fired. Okay. Jenny is fired, and Sinclair overhears Cliff attempting to tell Jenny that they have a rocket pack. But the beautiful thing to back up with is when they're testing the rocket pack later, of course, with all the... They steal the statue from in front of Lucky Lindy's flight school, which mm. I'm assuming is, like, a rival. Mm. And they, they steal the statue, strap the jetpack to it, and uh, send it flying around, and it, you know, just launches itself into, <laughs> into the stratosphere, comes back, knock, tries to take them out. But it's also the way so they why did he slammed. Why his back yeah. after that? Man. Oh wait, it was like <laughs> to some save his to save. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I I wasn't. Yeah, he did. He did it out of duress to save. Um, it's not Eddie. Keeping? Yeah. No. no, it was uh, it was the guy who was selling um who was selling the the ticket. Uh, Marla's dad. Yeah. Marla's Marla's dad. <laughs> From uh, from uh, League of Their Own. From League of Their Own. It's Marlo's dad. Yeah, Joss mentioned that to me earlier. I'm like, he was? All right. If it wasn't Tom Hanks or the other big names from League of Their Own, I didn't know who they were. Yeah, it's it was me going, hey, he's from that other movie, Random Character. And that's how I recognized him. Is he's Random Character from other movie I've seen. I can't remember the character's name, but he was like he was in like World War One. He got shot down by the Red Baron, and he's just like the guy that hangs out at the um, at the at the bulldog Malcolm, I guess. Hangs out at the bulldog cafe with everybody. 
and he was, you know, se- he was like selling um, the pamphlets, the pamphlets, yeah. or the, uh, the, the, is the, the is that the one that flings the thing into Jenny's soup? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that guy. Yeah, okay, it was him. And when yeah. uh, when he was running late, he heard that uh, uh, when Cliff was running late, he overheard um, the owner of the hangar get all pissy and say he's going to have to find another hangar, and he's like. I gotta help Cliff, and he takes the plane, goes up, and he hasn't been behind the stick in twenty five years, so of course things are going to go oh, wrong. Oh, he's the one in the clown suit. Yeah, yep. he did it. To, he did it to help Cliff because he wasn't there yet, and he didn't want the kid to go. You know, didn't want bad things to happen. Try and then bad things happened. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we have help with uh, Cliff's uh, Cliff's friend Peavy, <laughs> which I had trouble him. trying to understand their relationship. Because it was almost like it was like kind of like a father son, but kind of like friends. Not, or, I'm pretty sure they were friends. Yeah. Mentors? Um, mentor. He's I like his say, mentor. Yeah, men- yeah. Mentor sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. they live in the same house or something? Yeah, they they're basically yeah. like roommates, friends, mentor. Yeah. And uh, played by the great Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. who just, even like looking at uh, pictures of Alan Arkin today, I gotta say, Kaz, he looks like your dad. What? In the weird, in the weirdest way, he looks like your dad. I was like, whoa. And I, I looked it up. Betty Page passed away in two thousand eight. Shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Wow. wow. Yep. Damn. Well, at least I don't know. I can't picture her old. Well, when you look her up on uh, on uh, Google, the only pictures are the old ones. It doesn't yeah. show her a- aged. I don't yeah. believe. Yeah. By old, I meant aged. Yeah, I think she was a I think she was a recluse after a while. Um, so she was a pinup model. Yeah. So obviously, the most well-known images would be of her. Yeah. But I think she generally so. It's a local air show. Cliff uses the rocket pack to uh, rescue uh, Malcolm out of the sky. Now, where they have this beautiful thing, and I think this is where the movie kind of lost me for a little while about the you know the lucky thing of gum. Yep, that they it's have that, gum. Yeah, that uh, that actual that uh, brand of gum is actually considered lucky among pilots. Yeah, it's like it was like an old like '30s and '40s kind of uh, like lucky charm sort of thing for for pilots. Yeah, but uh, I just figured it was just setting up later on when the gum becomes important. Oh, I mean, straight up, it was. Yeah. <laughs> But where the gum comes in, it's like, okay, they do that. I'm like, okay, why are they doing... Okay, the history of historical parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are things where certain corporations... There actually was... Um, there was a gum company who... Um, it's actually interesting because one of the other stories I had was how FDR got involved and in order to help America work with the... Work to interrupt and stop all the Nazis and stop anybody from coming over here. Yeah. FDR made deals with the New York Mafia. <laughs> and it's actually, I won't get totally into it, but it really is a super interesting ra- a rat- a rabbit hole to go down for YouTube. Because hmm. um, if you hear about how they did it, uh, how he basically, you know, and there's also involved FDR's secret train that he had, supposedly from the White House down to the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Uh, and there, there's. Is that real? It, it, yeah, and it's proven. Well, it's proven that there was something on a secret track, but they did a. It's plausible that it was FDR, either just to hide himself from uh, from many uh, many many uh, other things, including the including the national press. 
Oh, I thought it was uh, in case of like a nuclear explosion. It's like a literal underground railroad. Yeah. Got, yeah, but it also be was because he was the governor there. of New York, because he had a lot of meetings there. But he didn't want to have the press sell, show him in a wheelchair, in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But he also made deals with the New York mob to also have clear any harbor. But it also trek supplies out, uh, out of New York Harbor. Hey, to, yeah, hey. yeah. That was very anti-mob. Yeah. So it went to, um, you know, to be able to clear out the New York Harbor to send their own supplies to the troops in Europe. Hmm. And it's, a re- it's really an interesting, super interesting read. It's um, like a good working with the enemy, yeah. my enemy's enemy is yeah. whatever. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, we, we, we get, we get that uh, towards the end of this movie, too. Yeah. It's the whole, it's like, okay, we're on the same side right now, but after this it gets, gets difficult. Yeah. Things get difficult. Yeah. And when the rocket pack is now, uh, now everybody sees the rocket pack and a beautiful thing with the green screen. It, yeah, the green screen, but not only with the um, uh, the announcer. Right? Don't worry, everybody, it's part of the it's show. All part of the show, right until like the the gas truck explodes. It's like it's all part of the show. I'm trying to remember who this actor was because I can see him. And I, I know like, the character's name is Bigelow. Beyond yeah. that, I don't know. Um, hold on, I actually have this up. Um, oh, John, John, Pul- uh, uh, John Leguizamo? What? No. no. Uh, <laughs> Polito. John Polito. Yeah. He has since passed away. Um, but he's So is Paul Sorvino from... Uh, Very recently, Eddie. too, mm-hmm. at the time of recording this. Extremely, only a few weeks ago. The, uh, yeah, John Polito, who, um... He's uh, been in, like, so many things. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's in The Crow? Yep. The Crow, a bunch of, oh, I do remember him from, oh, Big Lebowski as well. Okay. You really tied the room together. Yeah, yeah, poor, poor, poor Paul Savino. Oh. God damn. <laughs> Made a gangster look good. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, here, so, so, the, at the, uh, where were we, the... So everybody knows about the rocket pack. They're going to go take it home. But everybody has uh, got to you know, be He's very, very careful with it. A beautiful thing where they... <laughs> he wants to give the rocket pack back. But he's like, no, we just need to, you know, do some more shows to get the money. Just borrow it just yeah. for a get little while longer. Yeah. But if you borrow it long enough, that's stealing. I'll give it back, I swear. I'll give it back eventually. Yeah. Sinclair sends Lothar to go to PV and Cliff's house after they find it. So they're close to figuring out who it is because he wears the same jacket and pretty much the same clothes the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. I mean, the, the, whole movie the, se- the whole movie seems to take place over the course of maybe three days. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, like the entire plot for the, for the Nazis just kind of comes apart real quick. Yeah. Well, it's the Nazis. Nazis are stupid. And yeah. It's very easy to unravel it. But I feel like you couldn't make much substance out of this because of uh, there's not much going on. Like you, see, it's there's not pot- much potential for. Yeah. Well, of course that's ironic because didn't you say it, aren't they making like a sequel? They're, or remake? they're working on like a remake of it. Well, I, uh, there's more. I guess there's more to do with the plot in um, in. The comic, yeah. definitely than there is in the movie. Yeah, like in in the, I guess in the comic, for example, 
the Rocketeer ends up fighting Nazis. Yeah. He ends up going into the war. Yeah, that's the kind of shit I want to see. I want to yeah. see, like, yeah. superhero crap. Yeah, he I, yeah. ends up doing superhero yeah. crap in yeah. in the war. And part yeah. of, I guess, well, what the sequel is supposed to be on Disney Plus is uh, a Tuskegee Airman, or Airman, would say, I should say, uh, would takes over, takes the, role. over the role. Yeah, uh, I, something that having to do with the Cold War after yeah. this, because uh, it's years after. And I, because... Cliff yeah. goes missing in World War Two. Yeah, and I think you're you got a point there. Like it's super close to the 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor mm. at the time, mm. and you know the 40 the and ramping up to the 50th anniversary of many many different things mm. with um with World War Two. Yeah. So you had you had a lot of veterans at the time who were ready to celebrate and ready to show off a lot of this. So I think what happened was two things. Disney was definitely banking on a sequel mm-hmm. where they didn't need to show too much about it. So yeah. it's like okay, they, you know, you know, jingle the keys in front of the veterans and they'll send all their grandkids out. Yeah. And then also, you know, banking on the nostalgia, which is something Disney didn't perfect until now. The worst part about it right now, at that point, is the 90s and into, um, yeah, well, the early 90s into the late 90s was, beyond Desert Storm anyway, it was mostly peacetime. Right. And during peacetime, nobody wants to think about war. No. And so when you come out with a movie like this, where it's on the cusp of getting into the nitty-gritty of World War II. Nobody wants to think about it. Yeah. Nobody wants to think about a time like that, even if some of the, you know, you're going to celebrate 50 years of passing and celebrate the um, the veterans and everything. Yeah. You don't want to think about the harder stuff. You get a point, too, because, um, you know, I, don't, I think at that time, I mean, I wasn't uh, conscious of this as much, but I don't think people were very much like, God bless the veterans, as much as they are now. Right. Doesn't yeah. it depend on the period of time? Like, yeah. Obviously, right after Vietnam, no. But, yeah. Um, but I think I there, yeah. Not, I don't think it was that hostile in the 90s. Yeah, but I think it was a stretch from from the the Vietnam era all the way down until pretty much 9-11. I don't think yeah. everybody was really like... You know, I remember a Colin Quinn joke on Saturday Night Live when he was talking about the fact that, um, you know, in order to go into the Army, you had to have a high school diploma. And because not many people were volunteering, they were considering waving it away. Mm-hmm. So it was like his joke was, we're looking for a few. All right, dumbass, just get in the truck. Yeah. You know, like, and, you know, people were people were losing their minds over that, over that situation. But now it's just like, all right, no, you need to have all this because we're going to train, train you up. Yeah. You know, train you up for it, but I mean, I I think you're right, Kaz. I mean, there wasn't a lot there, but I think this movie really like it wasn't like oh boy, glorious uh, yeah. battle. They uh, they yeah. kind of the some of the critics who um, who talked about this movie kind of painted it off as the gee whiz yeah. sort of type of movie right. that this was. It wasn't. Jumping into the hardcore part of it, it was part of the, you know, the lighter times. Yeah, it's it reminded, even if it reminded me of those Disney live action flops of like the sixties. Yeah. I haven't seen much many of them, but I've 
Yes. Yeah. The the sixties the sixties Disney flops. <laughs> I've seen a lot of them. Um, <laughs> they're they're. You reviewed a few. Oh yeah, yeah. they're Cat from Outer Space. Yeah. Cat from Outer Space. Yeah. Uh, the Shaggy Dog, Computer wore tennis shoes. Um, I've oh, seen those. One. I've yeah. seen those. Um, yeah. They are. They seem like uh, dated products of the time. They are. Like and a little too. I don't want to say squeaky clean. But, but they are yeah. very squeaky clean. Yeah. The, the, Not that there's anything wrong with it. There's nothing that. wrong with it. It's just they. Seems like they lack substance. Or yeah. They, there's the heart. conflict. The conflict in it isn't something that's going to make you sit at the edge of your seat and go, yeah. "Oh my God, is there something that's going to happen?" Or, it's just you're or sitting back. Like, right. I don't think. Don't don't ask me the plot because I'm not going to be able to tell you because I don't remember it. Yeah. It's, I remember the names. I remember the fact yeah. that Kurt Russell is the computer that wore the tennis shoes. I vaguely remember that his brain turns into a computer. Yeah. I don't remember what the accident was that caused it or any of the other people or the rest of the yeah, plot I mean, of it. Yeah. I just remember that it's him and that he turns into the computer, but he's still human. That's it. That's all I remember of that plot. Honestly, I mean, you got me on that one. I, I, but that's, uh, but that's it. That's all I remember yeah. of the movie because there's no. Yeah. Major conflict. Yeah, it, it felt very much like an Andy Griffith episode. Yeah. Very you know, much more, that, probably, that would yeah. have more conflict. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Depends but it's still, episode, yeah. yeah. Still, like, you'd watch it and then you kind of go past, you know, it's like, okay, and it's. Yeah, I get what. too much beef in uh, yeah. her fridge because yeah, she went and, cheap instead of. Yeah, and I get also, like, why this is like a turn your brain off and have some fun type movie. Yeah. But, but I, I just, still, yeah. I just keep thinking. Why should I care? I don't care about anything. There's nothing that makes there's no nothing that makes me give a shit about anybody. Cuz you don't find out about the Nazi stuff until about two thirds of the way through the movie. Well, yeah. when I saw um when they're at the theater and I saw I was like the Zeppelin that was going to visit the US, I'm just like Oh man, is, is that is that Hindenburg? Did that happen? That was that was the Hindenburg. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm like the Hindenburg actually made a few flights back and forth before the uh, inevitable ho- like horribleness that happened. Yeah, but yeah, that that I'm pretty sure that newsreel was of the actual Hindenburg when uh, when it did one of its actual landings that didn't end up end up in a fireball. Mm-hmm. Dang. But um, yeah, it's just. Uh, sometimes I mention uh, dramatic a theory of storytelling, which is about writing things that make an argument. So this, there is no characters that seem to have any back and forth about a personal issue or anything. It's just here's other than events. other than him and Jenny uh, Jenny. having a difference of. Uh, what they value in a relationship, essentially. But that doesn't go anywhere. Not really, because no. they don't actually fight about it. Exactly. She just gets no upset problem. about it and runs away. It's, it's, and he's too dumb to actually follow her without somebody else telling him to go follow her. It's much more of a, it's much more of a pulpy kind of just actiony adventure sort of thing. It's like it's not meant to have a super deep narrative. It doesn't to it. have to be, but it lacks even a basic. Uh, okay, he's the main character, but. He doesn't have, say, a personal issue to overcome. Except his 90s ass hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because, because there's no... There's the, there is conflict, but it's extremely light. It's mm-hmm. just like, a, ex, purely external. There's no internal conflict in a complete story. 
uh, that you will remember that makes some kind of point or impact is going to have both an external conflict and an internal conflict. And this just has a bunch of external crap. And you know, so and the, I just don't give a shit. Mm, I can't put myself in his shoes. Yeah. And I think the biggest one, I mean, is when you know Jenny gets kidnapped by Sinclair. Yeah. Who's doing the beautiful things? And I like when you know you have the whole thing where you know their house gets shot up, but you know or the the FBI really doesn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, okay, well let's turn. Well, you know how this house used to be two floors? It's one now. <laughs> yeah. They just, yeah. The second just, floor is now the first floor. My bedroom is now in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> just open fire. It's like, oh, how very FBI of you. Yeah. <laughs> or this might be, that's how very LAPD of you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so the FBI arrives. They PV, uh, PV uh, escapes with there while Luther steals the schematic drawing set up by PV. Uh, later in the airfield diner, uh, Cliff PV trapped with several uh, Valentine mobsters. They uh, will learn about Jenny's date with Sinclair when they put the damn number right out in the open. Uh, is it eight six seven five three zero nine? Yeah, I just no. feel like it should a thing like that should say for a good time call. Yeah. And you know, and you know, words. The the beautiful parts is you got a great picture of Jennifer Conley looking into this. All um, Billy and Jennifer were dating for a while. They were engaged shortly after this yeah. movie for a little bit. They were that together fizzled. for like six years. Yeah, it, it, they see, fizzled after a while. So yeah. you wouldn't be able to tell they had any chemistry by watching them on screen, right? Right. Yeah. That's, but that's the truth. Sometimes that happens. Like, yeah. you, your chemistry off camera does not always, you know, reflect well on camera. That And uh, that's the truth. I just assumed they just didn't have chemistry. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they were dating off screen did not reflect well. No. Uh, they might not have had chemistry in real life. Well, either. obviously, they did not last. Took a while, yeah. I mean, even the whole restaurant scene, you know, where she's, you know, on a date with Sinclair, very nice dress, dancing around, and, you know, he dresses as the. Does very much like an Indiana Jones thing. Or get, getting the, up as the waiter. Yeah, dressing yeah. up as mm-hmm. the waiter. And like, oh, and one of your friends sent soup. Timothy Dalton. The fuck? I don't like soup. <laughs> <laughs> no, just go with it because it's in the script. Okay. Timothy <laughs> Dalton, huh? Yeah. Soup? What? Uh, yeah. They sent me soup. Fans sent me. Okay, then again, it is a Great Depression era, so that kind of makes sense. I'm sure he's rich, though, in this. I'm sure he's. He's like the number three box office actor in this. His character is. I like the fact that they had, like, somebody dressed up like Clark Gable in the background yeah. that he says hello to. Oh, hey, Clark. Yeah. That, yeah, that made me laugh. I laughed, too. I was like, look, look. (laughs) That made me laugh, and actually, that is really interesting, because I figured out, um, when he said he's the number three, um, it was... Is that diarrhea? Yeah. Is that that a number three? Number one, number two, number three. Or a shark. Uh, uh, I found out the number the number one and two was Jimmy Stewart and Clark Gable oh, at, that, at that particular time. Um, later on uh, was actually, oh, geez, the other one's escaping me, although I could, oh, Cary Grant would, yeah. would, later, would later surpass both of them very, very quickly after World War II. Um, 
As there was, I lost my notes here. Oh, so that's Sinclair's home. You know, Jenny knocks him out, and it's a beautiful thing. You want me to wear this dress? Can you help me? Okay, because guys are stupid, even if they're Nazis. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta <laughs> help her with the dress. Oh, oh the the a pretty lit. Oh, no. Yeah. I just like the whole, you know, I finally get to act uh, a scene with... Uh, <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah, that was a good line. Hmm. Um, so, and then they discover that he's a German spy. It just, it happened so late in the film. Yeah. Like, there was not any sort of lead up other than he's working for someone else but you don't get any of the feel that he's German. Yeah. yeah. Um apparently just, there was a scene at one point where he actually uses a like a genuine enigma machine to send a code to uh, Berlin at some point in the film but they cut it. They shouldn't have. They should have mm. left it in. It would have been good for yeah. the audience. Like but. they had they had like uh, I don't want I don't think it was salvage, but like yeah. the the movie had gotten their hands on an actual Enigma machine, which is awesome. Yeah. The code the coding device used back then to send it out. To, to I, I know what an yeah. Enigma machine is. I honestly I think that would have been better. I think that I think that if you had that and showed it very early on, like where the mobsters come in and the scene where he's That's sword good. fighting and he cuts the you know the flowers. Mm-hmm. And you see that he takes a call and suddenly it's like, you know, it's a Gestapo agent or something. Right. You know, and then we know that. So there we know what's going on. Or you if, know? if he takes the call and he starts speaking in German. Yeah. That would have been, yeah. you know, something. And then the whole date scene when they do that, like the characters don't know, but the audience know. Right. He's like, okay, we know he's up to no good because... It's Timothy Dalton post James Bond right. because he enjoyed playing villains. Mm-hmm. You know, he and you know, it's I not mean, the, yeah. the villain always gets like so, such the good lines too. Yeah, yeah, and he, he he's clearly enjoying himself in this. Yeah. Especially, especially in like uh, we we're talking about the Disney Renaissance, like all the animated stuff. The yeah. villains always had the best songs. Yeah, in those movies. Mm. Yeah, like full like full stop. They had the best. Like be yeah. prepared. Yeah. Uh, poor unfortunate souls. Yeah. Um, the Gaston song. I don't know if that's so great, but I, it will get stuck yeah. in your head for a month and a half. <laughs> that that yeah. song will get stuck in your head for yeah. certain. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. No you were content to let us not remember what you said. You just had to spread the Uh, Yeah, you just mentioned it, then I get it. It's catchy, I guess. I remember it's in my head, so I have to share the pain. I remember when we saw Lion King Live seeing Be Prepared, and actually, that was really cool. Mm. See, I haven't seen Lion King Live. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. It was really, really good. I think the last. Well, did you know that Jeremy Irons didn't actually sing? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't him. That was not him him singing. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah. Whoever it was that did it did a shockingly good Jeremy Irons uh, impression. impression. Yeah, it was a. um, I think the last thing we saw on stage was MST3K Live, right? Right before the play. Before the world ended. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. Damn. It was literally like a week before uh, lockdown. Seriously, like kicked, right before lockdown, we yeah. saw it, and then lockdown happened. So I guess the world, Earth, has been uncancelled then. Yes. Yep. Now I have been to concerts concert. since then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I'm going to so 
Long going time. to another yeah. one very soon. It was the before times. Yeah. So Cliff is arrested by the FBI, taken to Howard Hughes. Hey, you stole my prototype, kid. I didn't steal Yeah, nothing. I did. He no, stole I didn't my prototype. Steal it. Not on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Not on purpose. I'm gonna give it back. Honest, I swear. Tomorrow. I'm gonna do it one more time. Yeah. One more time. Let me do it one more one more thing. They got my girl. And oh, I can't stand in the way of love. But wait, wait, wait. I gotta stand in the way of love. And then he punches uh, Dickbag uh, FBI agent in the again. Face. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Same spot, and then uh, glides out of there on the model of the Spruce Goose. Which was a good line where it's like, oh my god, that thing can't stop. It will fly. fly. It's like, yes, it will, dude. Yeah. It's only made of wood. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm just. Re- the, it's like this. It's still an airplane. Yeah. It's only made of wood. It's fine. So I just, <laughs> I just remember the version of that that showed up in the Tailspin TV show, the Spruce Moose, and it was like basically a okay. uh, cruise liner yeah. with wings. Uh, I know what you're talking about. The Spruce I just Goose, Mr. Burns. See, you think that I think Yogi Bear. Yeah. Because there was a Hanna-Barbera um, cartoon called The Spruce Goose about an aircraft. That's the That was my very first introduction to I, The Spruce Goose. I do not recall that at all. Oh, look it up. That's going to that's gonna be a good It's a role. cartoon. I watched it over and over and over and over again. It was my first introduction to Howard Hughes. Mm. I was, was a little Mr. kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I want to say maybe it was probably about ten years ago now. Uh, there's a TV show called Leverage. Great show. Everybody should watch it. Um, they did an episode with Carrie Ells about the Spruce Goose because his character wanted to steal it. Huh. Yes, it's a great episode. So did did it ever fly? Was it a real thing? The Spruce Goose is a real thing. It has never flown. Um, it is, I believe, in the Metropolitan Museum uh, in D.C. Possibly. Or yeah. I, or the uh, Museum of Aviation. Mm-hmm. It's in one of them, but it's, yeah. it does exist. People, I believe, it's, it uh, they occasionally allow people to view it. Not always, but I believe occasionally they do. So what's the deal with that? Like, It's made of wood. Okay. Um, it's never been flown. I don't. Was he? He was crazy and pissing in bottles and wearing. Yeah, he was. And he, he wearing tissue boxes. On not his always, but yeah, uh, he eventually became that way. Um, he was in love with Catherine Hepburn <laughs> for a while. That yeah yeah. Um, I don't know that much about Howard Hughes, but I know mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, he basically was. One of the founding fathers of aviation. Yeah. <laughs> Borderline insane. And yeah. I mean, there was also, I believe there was an Anthony Hopkins movie that depicted... Uh, and no Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. played him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It did a very, very, very good job. Yeah, yeah, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. I heard uh, playing Howard Hughes aggravated Leonardo DiCaprio's also be pretty good. He, he did, yeah. Well, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is also very method. He is very method. He's yeah. also kind of creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't but, date anybody over 25. Yeah. He's getting older. But, yeah. but, mm, they can hate the artist and not hate the art. That's true. But still, it I mean, it's, he but does it too. people to just be both. Yeah. Good, good in, you know, make good art and be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's try it for that. That would be nice yeah. occasionally. But so, anyway, yeah. that's not the movie we watched. So there, there's a film that Howard Hughes shows people to say, look, this is why we're doing this, and gives a little bit of background that we've been kind of waiting for. And it's animated. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, and it, yeah. I just wanted to see one of those Disney yeah. ones with like, yeah. Uh, They're showing of an animated movie where they have uh, Third Reich soldiers with jetpacks flying and crashing into the U.S. and the U.S. is burning. So, I did a little digging and I found that this was an actual experiment that the Nazis tried to do. And failed they, miserably. They and, tried a lot of weird yeah, shit. Yeah, so one of the things they tried to do, and it was actually partly depicted in a lost script of Hogan's Heroes, <laughs> uh, which Kaz and I watched that pretty much uh, almost every episode. I have no idea. Yeah, or uh, quite a bit of them, but uh, basically the uh, they had the idea to put the jetpacks in, and they wanted to have Third Reich soldiers go from Germany to land in Britain. So they would don't get too far ahead of me. <laughs> so basically, what happened was they found these, and it was like it's going to look like flies, and it's going to scare the British Royal Air Force. The Royal Air Force looked at it, but the problem was was that the fuselages would give out when it's at their peak, and what they didn't take into account, uh, just being a uh, pilot's daughter, could probably think of one thing they didn't for, they didn't account for. Hmm. The rudder? Yeah. Freezing at a high altitude. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay, so, the, the Iron Man problem. Yeah. yeah. The icing, icing, icing problem. problem. Yeah. yeah. So it would freeze, and then the, the Reich soldiers would look at it. So basically there are stories of the Royal Air Force watching these people fly up and then just drop. And when, and one of the Royal Air Force soldiers writing in his diary is like, well, the poor blokes drove, they, the, the poor blokes rode up. They dropped down. I looked at my friend and said, did we win? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I just love that story alone. It's just like, yeah, it's like, yes, this is going to be the greatest thing. And I really wanted to see this because this was a lost script and never filmed in Hogan's Heroes. (laughs) I wanted to see this be a Hogan's Heroes plot. It's it's like Because, God damn, that show was hilarious. Imagine if Hogan had a... It's like the scene, I think, in Mm. Iron Man 2, where Mm. it was Justin Hammer trying to do the same suit and the thing, like, swings Mm. around and breaks the dude's neck. It's like yeah. that 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 test pilot survived. Yeah. I'd like to point out he, he lived. <laughs> yeah. he lived. <laughs> uh, so Cliff realizes that you know when they talk about it, saying they have intelligence that he's employing uh, Nazi spies are employing uh, in Hollywood, employing Valentine's gang. They realize Sinclair's been the one who's doing all this. So when Hughes and the FBI demand for the return of the rocket pack, Cliff escapes. So he leaves behind a clue where he's headed. So the Cliff flies to the rendezvous where Sinclair demands that Cliff hand over the rocket pack, and Cliff divulges to Eddie that the actor is a Nazi spy. And here we get the best dance. Oh, scene the, in the movie. best line, like the the Joker maneuver. Yeah. It's like the whole. It's like I may be. Yeah. Uh, I may yeah. be a psychotic yeah. killer. It's like yeah. I, oh, I don't never, make yeah. I don't make I'm an not, honest living. I've never made an honest buck. But I'm an American. Yeah. And I don't I don't work yeah. with Nazis. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, kids, it's always okay to punch a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the, um, 
Isn't there a viral video recently of like some Nazi at a Trump rally and somebody just calls it goes goes uh, and that, cold cocks um, him or something? You're thinking Richard Spencer. Yeah. Uh, and that was it wasn't recent, but uh, it's still a great video to watch. He's like trying to do some interview with like yeah Stormfront yeah, or something like that. Just bam, comes, just poof, and just like pops him right in the jaw because Richard Spencer was one of the first people who fucked up that yeah. uh, you know the, the shaved sides and long on top yeah. he was one of the first assholes to really kind of turn that into a Nazi symbol huh. and just like I like that haircut that haircut yeah, looks cool off. but Nazis have it too often now it's like you fucked it up you fucked it up for everyone just like you did the skull and crossbones thing man come man. on just yeah. go wear goddamn yeah. stupid mustache you, all, you, you assholes already have it uh, well it's a stupid mustache anyways yeah you can have it. No one else wants it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for Charlie Chaplin impersonators. <clears throat> no. Charlie Chaplin impersonators and J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the unfortunate of J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, so the Valentine game turns their weapons on Sinclair, and Sinclair summons a hidden troop heavily armed out Nazi SA. Suddenly Nazis. Yeah. Yes. Suddenly Nazis, Suddenly yeah. Suddenly Nazis. The German airship, the Luxembourg, appears overhead. Where were they hiding that? Uh, that's exactly my question. Where? Where were they hiding that shit? You're at the, you're at the Griffith Observatory, and all of a sudden, you, know, you, you expect to hear the death, you know, the like. Yeah. As much as, as, okay, I understand we're watching a movie about a guy with a jetpack who doesn't blow his own ass cheeks off. Yes. I get that suspension of disbelief, but where the fuck were they hiding that thing? Yeah. That is the most unrealistic bit of this movie. Or it was just, the, it was just coincidental best timing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how, how. Do you think they rehearsed yeah. that? Yeah. Just to make sure the timing was right? Like, did they have a microphone on him to make sure it was the right no. time for him to say no? Mm. <laughs> so the German uh, Luxembourg appears overhead to evacuate Sinclair and the troops. The FBI, who secretly followed Cliff, suddenly announced their presence. And the mobsters joined forces and then battled the Nazis, which I really liked this. And yes. I'm like, okay. You got me back in, movie. I'm in. I just, I liked the whole, let's yeah. have the mob join the feds yeah. in fighting Nazis. Yeah, and it just it reminded me of that FDR story of him working with the New York mob so that the European troops can get food. Right. You know, like, you know, don't yeah. worry, dear. We'll, we'll go ahead and take care of you. And, you know, and I almost went into a JFK impersonation, but that would still be kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, why don't we just go ahead and do that so our boys can get food? Bunch of Nazi. Changing channels. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like a fat Tony type. Uh, All right, FDL, we'll go ahead and work with you. Perhaps our boys want to have more Hershey's chocolate. I don't care. Okay, we'll put that on the truck too. Why are you supposed to put it on a boat? Eh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, so Sinclair and Lowe escape, and they drag Jenny on board the spaceship, uh, the spaceship. <laughs> I mean, that would make the movie really work, right? Nazis Why in space. tasting color? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all running from? <laughs> uh, Off-mic jokes, I love it. <laughs> I think we have to post that Facebook reel. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, just, just, Occasionally just, I love you, TikTok. It's like, <laughs> as, as referenced. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to go uh, to Target. Uh, and, oh, man, I like you too. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so this is where the CGI really gets weird. But my god, it's, it's interesting. I know it's 1991. And certain times I can forgive it, and certain yeah. times I can't. Yeah, when you watch it, it's like, okay, he's on top, back of the Leftenberg, and then, you know, disables the ability for it to turn right yep. away. I'm like, okay, we got that, I'm in. And then suddenly he's flying in. I'm like, wait a minute, what happened here? And Jenny starts, uh, accidentally starts a fire with a flare gun. Whoops a doodle. Why are you firing a flare gun inside the Luxembourg? The fact that she's actually doing something is great uh, because she she straight up damseled a bit too much in this movie. I agree with I, you. I, I, yeah. Like yeah, she's what's his face? Yeah, she had a couple of moments, but had, most of it was her being yanked around by the arm, going oh. And that that annoyed the piss out of me. Yeah, honestly, because she was you know she kind of she stood her ground a little bit with Cliff with the whole. You don't support my acting where I'm supposed to support your, you know, your stunt flying. And she was being stubborn about that, which is fine. You know, it's like I'm supposed to, you know, bend to your will all the time, but you don't take my, you know, what I want to do seriously. Which is like, okay, that's fair. You know what? That's that's part of being in a relationship is you're supposed to compromise. Both of you are supposed to compromise for each other. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's, that's what it is. It's like, there's some give and take. It's not a one person always, you know, bowing to the other. But, as time goes on, she... The only time I see her doing anything is she knocks out uh, Neville once. She does help Cliff in the, um, in the club. And then, after that, she gets yanked around the entire time. Mm. And then she pulls the thing with the flare gun. But beyond that, she just kind of allows herself to, you know, she doesn't really struggle all that much no. when they're pulling her. It's like, you're wearing heels. Yeah. I watched you step on his foot with a heel and it hurt him. You could have done that again. Yeah. It's like, but no, you allowed yourself to get pulled and it, yanked and everywhere else. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's up with this character. She damsels and then she yeah. doesn't. And she damsels and then she doesn't. And she annoys me. At least against Timothy Dalton, it does kind of have a little bit of damsel you forget because Timothy Timothy Dalton is just having way too much fun. Yeah, definitely. He is. He, so it's like yeah. there's the balance for it, you know, especially the point where he dies, <laughs> where the fuel leak on the jetpack, and he takes he's, the gum off a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's and, yeah. Timothy Dalton is definitely pulling an Arnold and Batman and Robin here. He he's just, hamming he it up. Oh, he he's hamming it up. But it's the green screen where you see Timothy Dalton supposedly falling on fire. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. man died. Yeah, yeah, landing on Hollywood, landing on the land of Hollywood land sign. <laughs> And I'm like, that is clever. It's like, that's, I, I see what you did there. I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's that is clever. That is really super clever. Which apparently it's one of the things I looked up on YouTube as well. And again, I went way too deep on this. <laughs> but they intentionally, because the land was destroyed there, they made the access to the Hollywood sign very difficult to get to. Yeah. Like, if you follow the paths around there to try to get it, like, it takes, a, it, there's, um, there's a lot of misdirects. Mm -hmm. 
and especially because a lot of places film right near there, so I think that's the reason why, but there's a lot of misdirects to get to that side. Maybe they should pick a different setting sometime yeah. for a movie. Well, True. That, they actually, um, uh, that comes into play in uh, in the game GTA Five as well, yeah. like trying mm-hmm. to get, it's like, they call it Vineland, yeah. in that, yeah. but it's the same idea. Yeah. Trying to get to those signs, there are so many different tur- turnoffs that will throw you right off and put you right back to the regular road. Yeah. Like, actually getting to the sign is, is a little difficult. You Unless you're parachute? in a parachute? Unless you're in a plane, then you can parachute down. But if you're in a car trying to get there, there's so many different paths, it'll throw you right off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right, 90210. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Rock of Ages, where they just yeah. hung out at right, the sign. They, yeah, they, they hang just out there, the yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. but, but yeah. the reason I bring up 90210 is because... When I was a kid, I had my mom. I don't know why my mom did this because I used to watch 90210 religiously. Um, my mom bought me the VHS tape of their high school graduation, which was a special that came on and it was like 90 minutes long. And at the very end of it, they paint the sign and they make it like the class of 93, I think it is, or something. And they put up like bed sheets. At the Hollywood side, they make the the Hollywood side say "Class of '93." Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's why I'm like, yeah, 90210. It's basically impossible to get up there. 90210. <laughs> right. That's all I have to say about that. I'm not bitter. Wait, <laughs> you, why would you care? Did you? I try don't to go care. There? I don't care. It's just like, yeah, see, make it look like it's so easy. It's not easy. It just ruined your suspension of disbelief forever. It did. <laughs> That's all. Uh, so where were we here? So yeah. So oh yeah. The fun. The funnier death too when Luther dies. Yes. When it is oh, exploding. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Now the, the Luther too because he's been caught outside. Like yeah. let's let's. Let's back up yeah. a little. Like he, yeah, he like attaches he, himself to the Zeppelin so he doesn't fall off, but it kind of yeah. comes back in his face. Because he, he catches Cliff as Cliff is trying to get into the Zeppelin. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wrench you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with a wrench. So he, there's this big dude holding a wrench, and there's Cliff standing there with nothing except yeah. this jetpack and himself. Yeah. And, and his hood ornament helmet. <laughs> it's like, how do I look? Like a hood ornament. <laughs> somehow managing to get him off the Zeppelin, and when he falls off the Zeppelin, he's just sort of hanging off the Zeppelin, and he keeps bouncing off the side. <laughs> and so he's just, he's big dude, he's just bouncing off the side. So you get views of him outside, just bouncing out, out of the window. You can just see him hanging upside down. <laughs> Just well, he, well, he, his side. whole pendulum thing knocked the greatest pilot in all of Germany clean out of the Zeppelin. Right. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's the greatest pilot in all of Germany. Except we're in America, so we're in trouble. <laughs> it just knocks him clean out of the Zeppelin. Donk! Uh, shit. And he's just and Luther just, just <laughs> continues to be upside down, just bouncing off the outside of the Zeppelin for a while. <laughs> He doesn't move or anything. He just bounces. Well, because he had to make a reveal later that he's still there. But when I he know. when he but when he dies later, it's the fact that the zeppelin is exploding and he's attached by a cord and by his belt. Yep. He could have easily undone that yep. very quickly and then realizes the fire's coming and it gives the face of oh no oh no. Yeah. It's like he's apparently 
He's not bulletproof, but we never actually see any bullets hurt yeah. him, and I have a feeling he's probably not fireproof either. Yeah. And yeah, true. And um, but he, they are Cliff and Jenny are rescued by Hughes and PV flying a Pitcairn PCA to Autogyro. Autogyro. We have to show every single bit of aviation possible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's aviation for? Yeah, yes, it, it yeah. Is. It really is. And yeah, you know, they are. There, I think this is where I was showing that they were really banking on some veteran nostalgia. I think they were at this point. Like, okay, they'll get their kids or get their grandkids to come in and see this movie. I can bet that's probably why my grandfather shelled out the money. I'm really surprised yeah. that my dad didn't, but yeah. I think it's because they were banking a lot on sort of the sci-fi sort of genre to it as well Mm. because you know the rocketeer being you know it is it is technically classified as sci-fi because of the if you look it up it it is classified as sci-fi uh, this is also kind of leans. Uh, this one also leans diesel punk yeah Yeah, um, diesel punk is part of sci-fi yeah um so that's where they were leaning towards this um, people who like that sort of thing. And I'm actually really surprised that my dad didn't bring me to see this. Yeah. Because I, of all yeah. the airplanes in it. But I, they didn't focus a lot on the airplane, which yeah. I think is kind of strange as well. Cause yeah. Would, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. they didn't yeah. focus a lot on the war part and the Nazi part because that gives away the twist ending. Yeah. Which is like, if they had focused more on the year... And that, I think they would have brought in a lot more of the veterans. Yeah. But they didn't. Right. I think keeping in that Enigma machine thing, even if we don't see that it's Sinclair that's sending the message, but bringing in that, that, the Enigma machine thing at the beginning would have, like, tied it in a little bit more. Right. Had had a little more connective tissue. They also, uh, Hollywood sort of, uh, Disney specifically, sort of dropped the ball a little bit too because they put in a lot of no-names or right. sort of be C-list actors as the main cast, other than Dalton. Yeah. Um, and that right there kind of hurt the movie as well. I agree. Um, I agree. So um, Di- Disney wanted Disney wanted an A-list actor to play Cliff, but like the director insisted on getting a you know someone who's not quite as then yeah. uh, then they should have picked someone a little bit with a, a bit more acting chops. Yeah. For either the leading lady or, mm-hmm. you know, his mentor. Nothing which against is, nothing against yeah. Alan Arkin. Yeah. But Which is one of the lessons they learned when they started putting together the Lion King is when they had James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they had also young Simba was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And he was blowing up at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean yeah. it's right the one people the people who, you know, would draw people in. Matthew Broderick yeah. was adult Simba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Then you you tack Nathan, on Nathan Lane. You yeah. Ta- and you tack. Well, Nathan Lane at the time actually wasn't as big. I just I I love him. I yeah. love him too because Nathan Lane's pretty know. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you tack on Elton John to do the music, and I'm sorry, you got a hit right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was still an amazing yeah. thing. But this one ending, they back at the diner. Hughes presents Cliff with a brand new GB Air Racer. And a fresh pack of Beeman's gum. Mm-hmm. 
And, and the, uh, the GB Air yeah. Racer is in a much more tolerable color scheme. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. It doesn't yeah, it look like good. a yellow jacket. Yeah, it, it, it looks good here. So Hughes leaves, Jenny and uh, returns PV's rocket pack blueprints, uh, which she found in Sinclair's home. PV decides that with some modifications, I can build a better one. And Beeman's gum. So this one, I... I, I, I went deep into this. Um, was created by an Ohio physician, Edward E. Beeman, in the late 19th century. was a gum that had pepsin inside it. And here's the thing, where they originally had a pig logo, but it had some medical claims. It was the lucky gum and superstitious, perhaps, based on the original prox unsubstantiated claim that it prevented air sickness and prevented seasickness. Oh. Because of the pepsin in it. Um, but it, they gave it to people, and because of this claim, they also handed it to a lot of Air Force pilots. That makes sense. Uh, chewing any type of gum, though, is promoting, is equal, uh, equalizes the pressure in the ears, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. That definitely I was going to say, I chew gum when I'm in an airplane. Yeah. Just to make my ears pop. Yeah. The even, original, just, even just yeah. doing the chewing motion can yeah. do it. Yeah, and the original you claim... You your nose and then you pinch it while you're blowing out your nose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the original claim was that it cures indigestion and seasickness, which was never really substantiated and would not be permitted to buy today by food and drug regulations in the 30s. Um, but there really wasn't much of that anyway there, so... Yeah, back in the yeah. 30s, they are putting fucking yeah. medium in the bread. Yeah, and, you know, indeed, the presence of pepsin in the throat is known to be, uh, is known to really cause more problems because it, it hurts the throat tissue. <laughs> um, so it really didn't do much good with this, but, um, this one is really really interesting um it's interesting to go deeper into it but it also was a direct competitor of blackjack gum mm-hmm. uh blackjack gum which eventually we know as wrigley right. um, i was about to say yeah. these are brands that aren't around yeah. anymore wait no i'm wrong they yeah are. um <laughs> um so the gum serves as a key plot point in this movie and in indiana jones and i'm sorry dan i hate to say this but it is for indiana jones and the the kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> Uh, uses later here in uh, Shia LaBeouf's scene at Indy at Home. Most recently, the gum uh, the gum features on the inventor's workbench of Frank Walker in Disney's Tomorrowland, where Frank is working on his homemade jetpack. And Beeman's gum uh, was uh, really, really prominent as well, but it was one of those also under contract, uh, kind of under duress as well. It was put into one of the rations for World War II soldiers of the Philippines, and it was something my own grandfather, who was a, it was a Navy man in World War II who toured Southeast Asia mostly, um, really relied on that quite a bit for most of the time. Or something like it, but there is the Rocketeer. Gotta say, damn good pick. Yeah, I, yeah. It's it's a, it's another one of those like easy fun yeah. watches. You can watch yeah. it on a lazy Sunday afternoon, and yeah. you know you're not gonna feel bad for oh, having that's what done you it. Did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much, <laughs> pretty much. Because I was feeling like garbage yesterday yeah. after work, so we ended up watching it today. And it's just it's it's a it's a. Oh hey, the Rocketeer's on. I'm gonna watch this. It's not a long movie. It's only about an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's good. And I I remember this when I was a kid. I'm like, hey, cool, and easy to forget about. 
Jennifer Connelly is, is an adult in this movie. She's yeah. not like mm-hmm. the the fifteen year old kid she is in Labyrinth. Yeah, it's it's not uh, <laughs> uncomfortable like in Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh yes, that was her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's not. You know, she's not being seduced by a David, by David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was that for the Rocketeer. We're going to tell you about Forty Forty One Media, and let's go to fantasy casting. Hey, everybody! Thanks so much for listening. Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the Forty Forty One Media Group with podcasts like Sake Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at Forty Forty One Media dot com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers. Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or wanted to know what's coming up next, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine. Now our podcast will always be free. Free to subscribe and share. But if you'd like to help us build a bigger, better podcast, not to mention our confidence, you can find merchandise designed by me, Kaz, at Zazzle. Or check out the Kaz Foxen's Animal Shop at Zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies. Thanks so much, and back to the show. And we're back. Oh, and welcome to the wonderful world and fun of fantasy casting. Okay, so uh. now this one, this movie, I'm a little less precious about, yeah. so... Um, let's see, I can change some, some stuff around yeah. and, not, and not feel like I'm committing yeah. some form of sacrilege. Yeah. Um, hmm. I have, I have one interesting one to start with. Okay, so while I try to figure something out, okay. what's, what's yours? So taking Timothy O'Quinn out as Harry and, uh, Howard Hughes, yep. putting in Harvey Corman. Okay. So... Harvey Corman, uh, opposite Tim Conway in the Cal Burnett show. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, so okay. it's Headley. <laughs> um, Headley. <laughs> yeah, so just to have, and, um, before you go too far, I tell you, 28. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Harvey Corman, absolutely one of my favorite actors, but one of my favorite straight men. And just seeing Howard Hughes going, they stole, they stole my plans. <laughs> <laughs> they stole my plans. What? Yes, they stole it. I want it back. Well, I need it for one more night. No, what the girl got? The girl's got to die. <laughs> no. 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 You can't. I don't no. care. Yeah. I don't no. care what really happens. Give me my. Oh, it can fly. <laughs> It just genuinely absent-minded. It reminds me of History of the World where he played Piss Boy. Yes. <laughs> I just, uh, Mel Brooks, Piss Boy! Yes, uh... Oh, uh. Or he covered his Piss Boy, but he was Count de Money. <laughs> still great. Uh, there's mine to start. I have a few more. Count de Money? Yeah. Count de Money. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, that's a great movie. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's yeah. such a funny movie. Uh. Hmm. Okay, so I've been trying to puzzle out where to put our patron saint in there. I think he could work in Paul Sorvino's role. Yes. Let him, let him be Eddie Valentine. Yes, oh, yes, God. yes. And say, yeah. one of my boys, he got yeah. folded in half. Yeah. You see. Oh, 19. Come on. God, that's even worse. Seventeen. All right. <laughs> eh. It's just, <laughs> it is not. Worse. To, it is not to not to happen. I kept I kept trying to fudge the numbers. Uh, it wasn't happening. Doesn't tolerate cheese. 
I might not make an honest buck, but I'm an American. I'm an American. You, you. <laughs> would actually kind of be more funny if he crowd. was Luther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have a watch up his butt? Is that how American he is? I just think it would be funny if he was Luther because he wouldn't actually yeah. talk. He would just stand there and gawk. Yeah. Uh, nope. That. No. Nope. Uh, I just don't like that either. Uh, okay, so mine that I where have. It, uh, where is the rocket? Uh, kind of what Kaz and I came up with last night, or the other night when we were watching us. Um, <laughs> taking Billy Campbell out, putting in Tom Hanks. God. Hmm. <laughs> and. But yeah, what year, Tom Hanks? Why didn't you include uh, me in this? Because I had no idea. Because of the joke we made for this. Oh, yeah. No, I just. His girlfriend is Jen A. Oh! Yeah. oh we made that joke, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Forrest Gump is the rock here. Yeah. Uh, I've never <laughs> seen the whole movie, so I can't yeah. make any jokes. But just to regard, disregard the number, I went ahead, I had to go in and get the rocket, and I looked like a hood ornament again. <laughs> Then I had to save the clown from falling out in the sky, so I went ahead and did that. I had to go and save the clown again. Uh, again. <laughs> PV was a good friend of mine. <laughs> and then he just influences history yeah. by his rocket. Yeah. He's just, he's just kind of there. He's like, yeah, he's just bumbling through history. <laughs> no, but that's just it. But I had this one line in my head. Well, I got the Luxembourg was coming along there. I had to take them out. Well, Mama said they're bad, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mama said they're bad. We took care of that, but they got my Gen A. Uh, it's... Forrest Gump is an incredible movie. It and, is. It is a very good and movie. And it's one of those at some point we've... I know we've had requests for that for years. Oh, really? Come up every now and every now and then. Probably it probably going to have to do a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, then. every now and then it comes up, like, can you do Forrest Gump? And Forrest Gump, there's... There's a lot to there's unpack. A, yeah, there. it might... A it, it, that's it, a heavy-ass movie. It might have to be two separate it, episodes. See, that would have to be a two-parter. Yeah, it might have to be two separate episodes, yeah. like when we did It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Sorry, I was, I was spacing out. What movie? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's, yeah. that's a heavy ass movie. There's yes. a lot to unpack. That's that would be. It would have to be a two part episode. Yeah. That because we'd be here for like four hours. Yeah, I know that for certain. Yeah, there's just so much involved in that. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I've seen the movie a, at least a dozen times. Yeah. I know he's seen it more than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I don't um, have to see it. I can still quote it front to back. Yeah, me yeah, too. I've seen the person who's never seen it. Like, I, I watched probably. it with you. I think you fell asleep part way through. I think it was back in college, though. It, yeah. it can be a, it can be a long watch. Yeah. So like if if your if your mind probably, starts to wander, yeah, you I get probably it. have to watch it in two parts. It's it's in chunks. It's like when we did uh, when we did Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And we did that one. Like I had to stop because it's like four well, hours that's a long. Four hour movie. Though. Yeah, I had to stop, but I remember at the end of recording that it you was had like. An yeah, at the end of recording that episode, though, I lost my voice for a day. Jesus. It was talking so much, and I'm just like, like, no, I, I can't well, that do was a, this. Also, a two-parter. Yeah. Um, was it? Uh, oh, didn't or did we? Oh wait, didn't yeah. we record both episodes? Or 
Was it an extra? Maybe it was just an extra long. I don't freaking know. Anymore. Yeah, it was just a long ass episode. And that's in that really, really, really hot studio we used to we used to record in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before the naked guy showed up. I was about to say, with that picture. Yeah, with that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Weird if you don't have a visual, but then again, you don't really you don't want, want to. The visual, the visual yeah. doesn't really help. No. Let's, be, let's be honest. The visual no, doesn't really help. help at all. We already yeah. described it in a previous episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, anybody got anything else? Uh, Not really. I just no. wanted to sing Rocket Man, yeah. and then that makes me think of William Shatner singing Rocket, <laughs> singing quote unquote. Rocket Man, Rocket putting Man. out the fuse out there. And then I there's, and then there's the double screen of him. Yeah, because oh, I've <laughs> seen that. Have yeah. you seen? Have you actually seen that? Yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah, I it's, have. It's. It's a, it's, it's a, you should watch it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. It exists. It does exist. He's on stage talk singing and it's, there's a, it's very much 70s. Uh, yeah. As much as I have issues with, uh, with, with William Shatner now, cause he, uh, he's really an unpleasant person when you get down to his politics and such. Mm. His, his album has been. Yeah. Was actually good. Yeah. It was the same one where he had a duet with Henry Rollins. Uh, well, here's huh. the deal. I, again, with the, you know, enjoy the art, you don't have to enjoy the artist. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff that he has done yeah. is highly yeah. amusing. Yeah. I just, um, I take. Mr. Tambourine Man is funny oh, as oh hell. God. I take Mrs. great. Tambourine Man! Yes. I take is... great comfort in the fact that James Kirk would beat the living shit out of William Shatner just on principle. He. Yeah. he he did a lot of funny things with like Terry Bradshaw and uh, yeah. and uh, the Fonz and yeah and uh, uh, <laughs> why why is his name escaping me right now? I can't. George Foreman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was a really funny show. Mm. I can't remember the name of the show for the life of me right now, but it was a really funny show. Mm. They went to they went to Asia. <laughs> Oh. They travel to Asia. The four of them travel to Asia together, and it's basically four old dudes in Asia, and it's oh wicked funny. And Damn! I, oh god, it's so funny. All right, no, I'm in. Check it out. It's four idiots being brutally oh, American four, in other four countries. Idiots being brutally American in other countries with a tour guide who is also American, but he's a young guy, and they take such advantage of him, and it's. And it's, he is so done with their shit oh, by episode so two. so done with their shit. And I can't remember, I think Henry Winkler is the only one who's doing what he can to, to keep up with the customs. <laughs> and Terry Bradshaw's like, I'm a white American, yeah! And I'm gonna do what I can! Yeah. No, but he's like, I'm gonna do what I can! And, uh... Uh, George Foreman is just like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> I'm confused. Is your name George too? <laughs> like Terry Brad. Uh, now Terry Bradshaw on that one is just like, he's just, he's I'm like, I'm a white American and I accept that. I'm trying. Yeah, he's trying. And then you have William Shatner who is just like, how did I get myself into this? How, how the fuck do I know these people? And it's it's a very funny show. So you just, just just watch it. Every time it's you mention, really good. Every time you mention Henry Winkler, I just remember the first anime mm. convention I oh, went to. So, yeah. we, oh god! We yeah. terrified we, we us nerds terrified poor Henry Winkler. Mm. Oh, 
Because he was coming Which into the. No, I, was I don't know. There. If, I don't it know. Wasn't, it wasn't the first. That, what was it the was the first one. It was that was, two, it was yeah. I believe it was 2011, and I'm just sitting in the lobby of, of the Sheridan. And I'm and watching. It's, and just people, just and cosplayers just people everywhere. And I'm not dressed up. I'm just in regular clothes, but I got my badge on, and I'm people watching. And I watch Henry Winkler walk into the Sheridan, and he takes a look around, and he looks at all of these people in costumes, and he turns around and he walks right back out. <laughs> and I was just sitting on this bench, like, what? Did we just scare the fuck out of the fawns? What the fuck? Yeah, is he happening? just walks in. It's like, nope, not dealing with uh, this today, and leaves. Yeah, it was my childhood hero. It was pretty great. Oh no. <laughs> I, I don't think he was like being mean about it. It was just no, one of those like, I, like, I no, 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 not no. today. No, he what? just no, I, I, I can't. I, I'm was not just take, like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I'm not taking it that way at all. It's just looking <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, no, heard. he seems like an. It, the, the truth of the matter is that man seems like an extremely sweet, smart guy. Yeah. But he was so out of his element. He was right? not prepared he for was that just, at he all. Walked, and he just looked so walking the wrong place. Fish out of water, man. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. And this is going like over 10 years ago, but this was great. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so anyone else for fantasy casting? Oh, I got nothing. No, right. no I got nothing. Alright, so we'll wrap up this episode. Keep in mind we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash mttm. Uh, over the coming months we'll have some more extra stuff, but anything will help support the show. We'd really, really appreciate it. Um, this has been fun. What's next week, man? Next week is Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Awesome. Oh, the first one. Yep. Awesome. So good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Manta National Treasure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that is... Kind of pulpy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's from I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still puzzling out the fourth movie, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe. We'll yeah. figure something out. <laughs> All right. Enjoy yourselves. Be good. Take care of yourself, but don't be too good.